Okay, we're in Romans chapter 6. You know, it's kind of funny to me, if uh, New Year, okay, here we are. And if I was the type of person who didn't really go verse by verse and just said, you know, I want to motivate people. It's a new year. We ain't got it all mucked up yet with sin, depravity, wickedness. You know what we should probably do? We should probably look at Romans chapter 6. I don't plan these things. I mean, I really, really don't. I don't like, you know, uh, Romans 6 is coming up, New Year's coming up. I should probably slow down. I should speed up so that when, you know, the New Year hits, I'm writing Romans chapter. I never do that like that. I mean, I never do. Uh, it's just the way. But I think God would have us look at Romans chapter 6, uh, a fresh look. Um, so let's pray. Let's invoke our Father's blessing. And then we'll just jump right in. Why, why don't we do that? Uh, Father, you know, this is uh, holy ground. Uh, I always understand that. And I always feel like I'm weighing over my skis. And uh, I'm not arrogant about your word. Um, yeah, it's, it's, your, it's your very word. It's what you'd have us to know. Spirit of God, I pray you'd take your place. I, I'm not interested in plaudits, accolades, people tell me what a great job I did or what a horrible job I did. I don't want to do either one, Lord. I want you to teach, to show us the things that you'd have us to know, to be the people you'd want us to be, especially the new year, Lord, a new day. I know, I know your, your mercies are new every morning, but still, Lord, there's something to the, you know, the beginning of the year. We, we make resolutions. We, we seek to change all the things that we'd like to overcome in our lives. We we pray that this would be the year that, you know, we started living the way that you'd want us to live. And I think there's something to that, Lord. I pray you just set a fervor and a fire under us, Lord, uh, that we might just all in, just, Lord, that would be all in, not even holding back one little bit. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. What shall we say then? What shall we say then in response to the first five chapters that we took all this time to get through look at verse 21 of chapter 5 sin has reigned unto death even so might grace reign through righteousness resulting in unto eternal life by jesus christ our lord what shall we say then shall we continue in sin that grace may abound this is non-trivial question okay do you remember before you were saved and you were trying to do the ridiculous? You were trying to earn your salvation by being good. Do you remember those days? Life was easy. I'm never quite there, but I know what to do. I haven't done enough, and I've got to keep doing more. Now it's settled. Gee, I wonder if I'm going to go to heaven when I die. Yes, absolutely. So what do I do? Well, send up a storm. My... My eternity has no basis for... If I never tell the truth one day in my life, if every time I open my pie hole, I just spew lies continually, there's no bearing on my eternity. Saying, well, Adam, of course it does. <laughs> it doesn't. And you have to think this through. This is where, okay, we have Christians and we have heretics. Your behavior does not determine where you end up eternally. Figure it out. It's a good question. Uh, so people always mock us. Look at, look at, look at. 
Verse 15, what shall we say then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? I can understand, you have to understand something. You're not under the law. And someone, every time I say this, someone will say, and every time I say this, somebody accused me of being some sort of libertine, not libertine is the wrong word, right word. Someone accused me of being like all antinomian. That's the theological term. I'm against the rules. Do whatever you want, it's all good. I'm not saying that. Romans 6 doesn't say that. But it's a good question. You're not under the law. You're not under the law. Well, you know, should uh, you uh, tithe or not? It has nothing to do with if you're going to heaven or not. You can write out check after check after check after check and go straight to hell when you die. You can not give your first penny yet ever in any offering anywhere and go straight to heaven when you close your eyes in this life. It is no bearing at all. And you have to figure this out first to last. Well, then I could send up a storm. Well, that's the thought. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? And by the way, where sin abounds, we've covered this. We're looking at this on Wednesday night. And I'm telling you this is the way it is. Where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. I know it. I've lived it. So have you. I wasn't, I, wasn't, I wasn't born in a monastery. I wasn't born a Calvary Chapel pastor. My past is colorful. I'll leave it at that. I, I know what sin is. I understand the muck, the mire that he pulled me out of. I understand depravity. Just keep doing it. It has no bearing. Shall we sin that grace may abound? Where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. Listen, if I keep sinning, you know what will happen? I'll show God's grace more and more and more. Oh, I will. I will. Where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. So let's go for it. Let's sin up a storm. No. No. You'll never hear me say that. You won't hear Paul say that. But let's discover why. I don't tell the truth because I'm trying to get to heaven. I'm going to heaven. So why do I tell the truth? Well, that's a different thing. As a matter of fact, now that we brought it up, I, I don't want to be thought of as a liar. Yeah, I've had people say, oh, you know, like there's a rumor going around work or something like that. Well, let's ask Adam. He never lies. You know how that makes me feel when somebody says that? You know how that makes me feel? When someone just, when I have a, uh, a reputation of telling truth, hey, hey, I, I, want, I want you to believe what I say. I want to have a, a, the things I say, I want them to have a bearing in your life. If you think, Adam always lies. It's not a question of heaven or hell. I mean, it's not. I don't tell the truth because I'm trying to get to heaven. So let me just lie when it suits me. I just want to, you know, if it promotes my cause, and if I can get out of some mischief, right, I'm just going to lie like a rug. Uh, what shall we say then? Shall we continue to sin that grace may abound? God forbid. Uh, you will have something in the NIV or something like that. I think it may be the New American Sense, uh, maybe ESV. May it never be. It doesn't really invoke the name of God, but it, it, it's answering no, 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 no. No. So we're going to continue to sin 
and we're going to show the grace of God because, like I say, it's already settled. And by the way, we, we, told, we were saying earlier, Romans, okay, salvation comes through faith in God. Okay, Romans 4, that was what that was all about. We saw many verses that say that along the way. Uh, we've given up on trying to earn our salvation with good works. That's a ridiculous way to live our life. It, it'll never work. It'll never result in uh, heaven trying to be good. Uh, everyone in America thinks that. Uh, you know, well, I'm a good person, they say. Well, one, you're ridiculous, and no, you're not. But besides all that, so, what if you were? You don't, that doesn't result in heaven. And so, and the scripture says that, and it says that, and it says that, and it says that. Okay, shall we send up a storm then? No. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Now, we've got to examine what it means to be dead to sin. As we go through this, we gotta, we'll figure out some things together, okay? We'll, we'll... Know ye not. Hey, don't you know this? Haven't you figured this out? So many of us that were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Now, I've even heard some stuff this week, and they talk about baptism and the necessity of how we should be baptized. I want to talk about baptism briefly. This verse isn't talking about water baptism. If so, then we have to be baptized to be saved because that's what the verse would imply. If we're water baptized into Jesus Christ, then we're all set. There are groups that believe that. Uh, Church of Christ, they're the ones that have no music in this service. Um, I, I don't think they're a cult. I, I don't throw that word around. Everybody who disagrees with me is a cult. I don't, I don't do like that. But that, that's an erroneous thought. And it kind of borders on works, doesn't it? At least the work of baptism. Paul said, I thank God that I baptized none of you except in, in this letter of the uh, Corinthians. He mentioned Crispus and Gaius and the household of Stephanus. Remember that? The greatest evangelist of all time thanks God that he didn't baptize anybody. If baptism equaled salvation, he would be baptizing everybody and thanking God for it. Baptism means to immerse. Okay? That's all it means. For as many as as many of us as were immersed into Jesus Christ were immersed into his death. Okay, just take that so far. And by the way, now let's talk about water baptism just because we brought it up. Is it necessary for salvation? No. Otherwise, Paul wouldn't be thanking God that he only baptized so many. Is it optional? No. It's absolutely necessary for obedience. So don't think of it like, well, I could get baptized. No, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't suggest that. What I would suggest is that when we become born again, May, February 14th, 1980, when I prayed and said, Lord, come into my heart and save me from my sins, I was baptized, I was immersed into Jesus Christ's death. Now, when we do water baptism, why we don't sprinkle, because baptize means to immerse, and it's the picture of being baptized into his death. You know, you, you've, you've been to a baptism. You've been baptized, many of you. So we take the, the person. We put him, what, under the water. Death, burial, right? And it's a picture of 
buried with Christ. And, and it's the only, it's, that's the reason for baptism, to show that picture, among other things, and to say to everybody, I'm following Jesus Christ. This is what you have to understand. I'm on Team Jesus from here on in. Don't care if you like it. Don't care if you don't. Uh, it's not a popularity contest. I'm following Jesus. And that's what baptism's all about. And the picture is the death and burial of, Jesus, of, of being buried with Christ. And we leave you right under there, right? Good and buried, right? No, no, we pick you back up. Resurrection is the idea. Newness of life. And it's quicker, a lot quicker than I say it, right? People are like, well, how long do you leave me under? We haven't lost anyone yet. I mean, you figure it out. I mean, it's water after all, right? But it's, it's a, you know, death, buried, resurrection. And that's the picture. But the picture is of a reality that happened when we were immersed into Jesus Christ. We were immersed into his death. That's what verse 3 is saying. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism, resulting in into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so should we walk in newness of life. Hey, should we sin up the storm? Grace will be all over the place. God will look good. Well, wait, whoa, 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 you're missing too much stuff here. You were immersed into Christ, and, and when that happened, you were buried with him. Uh, it'll say, uh, verse 6, we're crucified with him. You thought that was Galatians 2.20. Well, it is, but it's also right here in Romans chapter 6. We die with Christ. That's, what, that's why we have to be born again, because there's a death that has taken place. And we're raised to walk in new life. I've heard people say, preach, rather poorly, I think, isn't it wonderful that God loves you so much that he will just take you however you are and bring you into his forever family? Amen. Amen. But he loves us so much that he wouldn't leave us that way. And that's important to me. Hey, listen, all I wanted was fire insurance. I wasn't thinking, you know, by sometime you know, later on, I'd probably become a Calvary Chapel pastor. That'll probably happen, you know, I mean... Here I am, God, I'm all that in a bag of chips. I mean, you know, rescuing me was a real good idea. And I just wanted fire insurance. I didn't know all this stuff. I didn't know any of this. Oh, I'm buried in Christ, walking news. I just like, God, I want to go to hell. You know, we're figuring the stuff out as we're going along. We're adding flesh to this, this salvation, by, by, by right, this righteousness by belief, by faith in Christ. We're adding to it. Okay, and then we're fleshing it out. And chapter 6 and 7 along the... Okay, what about this, this flesh? What do I do with that? I'm saved, I'm born again, I love Jesus. How come I still have a propensity towards evil? It's a good question. So now that I'm saved, and I'm not on that wheel trying to earn like some you know, gerbil running around and spinning on a wheel, spinning round and round, making a lot of noise, not gaining any ground at all. Now that I'm not that, what do I do? Just keep sinning, right? Oh, no, 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 no. We're buried with him in baptism. We are raised in, we should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, planted, it sounds like bad joke, right? We are planted, and that's exactly what it means. We're planted. Yeah, six feet under. It's kind of the idea. We're buried with him. In the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Glorious. You know, Philippians, I may know him in the power of his resurrection. 
being made conformable of the image of his death. Those go hand in hand. You can't have one without the other. Can you have newness of life without dying in Christ? That's, that's the part of the New Year's resolution thing I don't like. I firmly resolve, and it's kind of like, you know, we pick ourselves up by our bootstraps, and I'm not, because this year I'm going to give up cigarettes or whatever. I'm going to go to the gym, and I'm going to work out, and I'm going to huff and puff and be better. And I, I, I get that you want to serve the Lord more, and so I think it starts with prayer. Lord, <laughs> What do you want, you know, 2023 to look like for me? But I want you to understand, death, we're, we're like him in death, we're like him in resurrection, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, and henceforth we should not serve sin. Should we sin up a storm? No, we shouldn't serve sin at all. Our old man is crucified with him. Now, I understand this, because I don't think everyone understands this. I think there's people who really wrestle with this. They talk about the white dog and the black dog, and the one who will have dominance is the one that you feed. You know, if you, you know, feed this, then you'll, the result will be, you know, victory. You know, if you, if you feed your, your, you know, your sinful, uh, and that's not really great theology in this. There is no black dog. That was a good place for an amen. There's no black dog. What are you talking about? Uh, okay, this is what happened, okay? I got saved. I'm, I'm a new creation in Christ. What's new about me? Because there's only three parts to me, body, soul, and spirit. Okay, was my body new? It wasn't. It's getting older. I got saved at 20. I am not 20 anymore. I was amazing with 20. I'm not amazing anymore. I am getting older, and I'm struggling with things that, like, 63-year-old men struggle with. I'm just... None of your business, okay? No, you know, you know. I, I didn't know I had a, uh, a prostate when I was 20. I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, okay. You know what I mean? I, I don't have the stamina when I, when I had when I was 20. I, I could run for miles. I'm not, I'm not 20. It wasn't my physicality that was born again. It wasn't my brain like that the brain died and I had to like learn a new language and stuff like that. All the default button was set on all the old habits and patterns and stuff like that. By the way, I say mind, uh, I say uh, body, soul, and spirit. When I say soul, I mean mind, emotions, and will. That part wasn't born again. Now it has the opportunity to grow. We can redeem our mind. We can, we can change our mind. We can, and we're supposed to. We're supposed to be putting Scripture in and memorizing it and living it out and loving it and things like that. And that will help. It really, really will help. Uh, there is a kind of a black dog, white dog analogy to be made there. If all I'm doing is watching TV and just to, to television, Ken Gray said, and I, I don't know if he was original with him, I always laugh at that, right? If I'm just uh, constantly just watching my body with all this, the, you know, world stuff, I'm going to think thoughts that I'm, really shouldn't be there. I'm convinced this is where most Christians win and lose the battle. I'm going to watch all this godless entertainment, this godless philosophy, just, I'm going to wash in this godliness all the time and think godly thoughts. I don't watch the news. The Satan report. Should you watch CNN? 
<laughs> when, when Ken is on it, we'll watch, okay? <laughs> Other than that, we ain't watching. He was, he was, the church was featured on that back at the pandemic. You remember that. They lie. Always. They are not about the truth. God is about the truth. We worship the truth. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and life. We have a vested interest in the truth. The whole world that's asleep in the lap of the wicked one, 1 John, has a vested interest in not the truth. It surprises me that many Christians don't know that. Let's keep going. Our old man has crucified him. Body of sin might be destroyed. Henceforth we should not serve sin. But he that is dead is freed from sin. You don't think so? Go to the graveyard. Try to foment a rebellion. There's your minions. Gather them together and overthrow the government, uh, knock over a bank, uh, start a drug cartel, whatever you want. Everyone in the graveyard is yours to command. Put your ear to the ground where your grandparents, your great-grandparents, they were known as just they brawled and fought. And Are they arguing now? There's no sin in the graveyard. And as we... Th- We've got to figure that out, because he's going to say, reckon. He that is dead is freed from sin. We're dead in Christ. Knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion over him. Isn't that great? You know, I was, I'm teaching in Psalms, and I mentioned uh, Isaiah 63. He comes back from Edom, glorious in his traveling, mighty to save. Oh, dude, you got, you're all red. Looks like you are in the wine vat, pressing out grapes. Oh, yeah. That's the, is it his blood? No. It's the blood of his enemies. When he comes back, is he going to have his beard ripped out? Is he going to be slapped around? Crown of thorns? No. <laughs> no. He did that. Why? Because of sin. For in that he died, he died uh, unto sin. Oh, say, wait a second, Jesus never sinned. Well, it didn't say his sin, but that was the reason he went to the cross, for sin. But he did it. It's over. He paid the penalty for our sin. Is he going to pay that penalty again when he comes back? No. (laughs) He's free from sins. Death has no more dominion over him. Isn't that great? Because... This is what we're supposed to understand also. For in that he died, he died unto sin once. But in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. This is what it means to be born again, dead to sin, living for God. Why are we struggling? Easy peasy, right? Here I am, Lord, alive. Hey, thanks for the death. Thanks for the resurrection. Thanks for all that work you do in my life. Thanks that I don't have to sin anymore. It's really easy. I mean, at some point where the rubber meets the road and you have to say no to sin, there's a, there's a struggle. I get that. I get that. But it's real easy to figure out. And once we take that, every time there's that temptation, say, what are you doing? You're attempting a non-existence. Perfect spirit. That's born again, perfect spirit. Mind needs to be 
redeemed. It needs to be untwisted, set right. The thinking needs to be set right. Body, forget about it. Resurrection, the real resurrection, when it happens, it'll be perfect. Until then, nothing I'm going to do. Oh, you can drink smoothies and go to your exercise. And, and, and we should, and we should take care of the body that God's given us. No doubt about that. It's not going to be perfect. Your spirit, it's perfect. And Satan is tempting a black dog that does not exist. And here's the kicker. We're letting them. We're letting them. It's ridiculous. Uh, very often, because our thinking isn't what our thinking ought to be. He died, he died uh, unto sin once, but he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. There it is. I mean, if the, he only needs to say that one verse, and if we get it, we get the whole thing. Really. Reckon. We, we, what is that, Jethro Bodine, reckon? Uh, figure it out. Reckon it. Consider. Think this all the way through. Reckon yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin. Satan comes, he tempts us. I can't stop. I can't. Wait, what? I'm dead to that. You're dead to that. I understand drugs having a lure. I understand in this body we have... Sin still seems to have some sort of a lore. It's because we haven't thought it all the way through. Look at verse 21. We'll get there. What fruit had ye then in those things whereof you are now ashamed? So I choose sin today. The temptation comes and I choose sin. I'm going to be shamefaced later on. I've been on this road. Sin always promises. Look at the stolen waters is sweet. This is wonderful. This is great. It's going to be, well, how come I end up on a mouthful of gravel all the time? No, Satan promises, and he never delivers, ever. And surely at this point, we should know that. No, <laughs> I'm going to be bold as a lot. I'm going tell Satan, get out of my face. I'm going to serve God. I, I don't have time for this foolishness. What do you, you know, and as you live pure and you start getting bolder than a lion, and you realize God's loving you, not because you're living righteously. He loves you when you were a, a desperado. When you were despicable, he loved you. When you rebelled against him, he loved you. But it, it's doing the right thing, making the right choices. We get very good at it after a while. Not in some self-righteous, uh, holier-than-thou, na nasty way. Lord, uh, I'm getting tempted right now. Show up and deliver me. Does he? No, he's going to leave you out there flapping in the breeze unaided and unabetted, because that's who God is, right? That's ridiculous. Of course he's, he'll show up. Of course he'll help you. He doesn't want you to sin. So we, we, we learn how to lean in on his strength. He delivers us, and after a while we get really pretty good at it. And it's, it's, it's living with no condemnation. It's, you know how the fearful run away even when nobody's chasing them? It feels good to do good. It, it, it feels so good to have God's 
I enjoy the, I like watching you, Adam. I like, the, I like the way you live. I like, the, I like your style. I like the way you lean on me every time you feel like you're in over your skis, which is, by the way, all the time. When I start getting like full of myself and I think I'm really something, oh, humble comes in a hurry. He doesn't like me being all in, in my own strength. You know what I mean? Have you, you, this isn't just me. You've, exa- you've, you've seen this too, haven't you? Let's keep moving. I want to finish this whole chapter. Reckon yourselves. Figure it out. You're dead to sin, but you're alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. What does that mean? It means let not sin, therefore, reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in the lust thereof. Don't let it. Does he have, do you have that prerogative? Do you have that power? He wouldn't tell you to do something you couldn't do. That would be ridiculous. He's saying, reckon, figure this out, you're dead to sin, you're alive to Christ, you're dead in your trespasses, and you're, you're, you have this resurrection experience now, newness of life, and this newness of life, Jesus Christ is king. He gets to call the shots. It's, it's like I say, it's not, you say, oh, how long do you go to Bible college anyway? I think that's a good idea, I'd like to do that someday. Well, we'll see what happens, right? You don't have to be a genius to figure this out. It's, 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 he, he, he really, I could teach this to the sixth graders, the six, six-year-olds, and they could figure this out. It, it's, it's, not, it's not hard stuff, is it? Isn't that wonderful? We, we can figure it out. Now, can we do it? Well, when we apply his strength to the situation, the answer is yes. Let not sin reign in your mortal body. It ain't going to reign no more, no more. It ain't going to reign no more. Sin, hey, I know what it was to have sin reign in my mortal body. I remember. I had a good memory. I couldn't be righteous if I wanted to be. And truth be told, I didn't want to be. It was an exasperating way to live. Let not sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in the lust thereof. We call this sanctification. Okay? This is a theological term. Justified is just as if I'd never sinned. Sanctified. God giving us power over sin in our lives. Think it all the way through. God, you're awesome. Thank you. I'm not victimized by fear. Come on. Um, didn't we handle that in Deuteronomy study? Uh, unforgiveness? Please. You say, Adam, you don't understand how they stabbed me in the back. How they, I know, we know all that. I'll fix their wagon. I'll forgive them. Let God deal with it. Bitterness? I ain't got a, not a lick of it. Nothing. Uh, so what, what about all those? Lust? Oh, no, 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 no. No. You, you're thinking of that dead guy who used to be all lust guy. Nope, 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 nope. What, what is, what is, what's Satan's hook over us? He doesn't have one. So he has to lie to us and we have to believe his lie. Let not sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of righteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God, as though that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. You see how straightforward this is, how easy it is? It is easy, simple, I should say. At some point, you've got to say to the body, no, it's not going to work out. 
I am God's. I belong to God. I want to do God's will. I'm all in, God. Whatever you want. You're the sovereign. You get to move the chess pieces around the board. I only live to do your will. And when I'm not doing your will anymore, let's, let's, let's take me on home. I got a course to run. I got a lot. Of, I, I, I'm like so far behind, I don't think I'm ever going to die. But anyway, you know, I got, I got stuff that I got to do for the Lord. And then when it's all done, all, all done. That's it. Isn't that a wonderful way to live? Once you figure it out, and, it's, and we should figure it out. No, I'm not going to let anyone uh, walk all over me. I'm going to have my rights. Oh, wait a second, we'll get there. Don't let sin reign in your mortal body. Don't yield your members, your body parts, as instruments of unrighteousness. For sin shall not have dominion over you, if you're not under the law, but under grace. That's my point, Adam. You see, if I'm under grace, I get to sin. Where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. Hey, yeah, yeah, I know. I know that. I know that. There's grace that results in mercy. When you ask God to save you, when you ask Jesus Christ to be your Savior, was that based on your, because you're awesome? No, it was grace. You didn't deserve it, and you got it anyway. And you're saying, well, that's my point. Listen, my point. Grace. Forgiveness? Yeah. Getting what you don't deserve? Yeah. How about the grace of God in our lives that give us power over sin? I don't have to sin anymore. I don't have to do that. Oh, when I mess up, and I will, just in case you're wondering. Adam, we weren't wondering. I know. I know. Just in case you're wondering, uh, when I sin, forgiveness is there. Grace is there. I don't deserve it. But God has given us uh, this marvelous grace. I don't have to perform for Satan. Sin does not get to reign in my life. God reigns in my life. How do you do that? Well, I screw up all my energy and all my courage and I just deter. No, it's a grace. Like, you know how you get saved? Grace receiving, just, Lord, save me. Does he save you every day from the power of sin in your life? As often as we go there. I, I, I tell you, I, I face temptation, like you do. Oh, God, this is like, this temptation is big right here, right now. I know, I know where it's going. Oh, can you show up, God, like right now and help me out of this, this spot? You guys do that, right? <laughs> I'm not the only one in the room, right? You guys do that, right? What happens? unaided, unabetted. Nothing fails like prayer, right? Adam, I don't know what you're talking about. God always shows up and he always rescues me. Amen. Amen. Isn't he for real? Isn't he awesome? When I mess up, I don't consider God. I don't think about him. I don't think these things all the way through. I don't reckon them. It's a shame. And then later on when you get a mouthful of gravel, why did I do this again? Don't I? Ain't I smart enough that I don't have to fall for this every time? I'm getting, I'm getting smarter in my old age. I really am. I really am. I learned from my mistakes, and there's hardly a mistake I haven't made. Just telling you. And I'm starting to get to the point where, like, Lord, I've been down the end of this road. I don't want to get down there again. Help me out, Willie. Well, you tell me. Sin shall not have dominion over you. 
You are not under the law, you're under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? God forbid. Listen, you're not under the law. Brenda, you're not under the law. Amen. Isaac, you're not under the law. No way. Micah, my buddy, you're not under the law. What does the law do? It tells us that we're sinners. That's all it does. It serves its purpose. It's a wonderful law. Don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with it. The problem with the law is you and me, we can't keep it. Nobody can keep it. Imagine the law now, today. Uh, how was your Yom Kippur observance this year? You know, someone's telling me about, I, I got a friend of mine who's Seventh-day Adventist. He says, oh, so you think all the laws are still in force except you don't have to keep the Sabbath anymore. I, I asked him, uh, this was back during the Shemitah, the seventh year where you can't grow. I asked him how his garden was doing. Oh, it's doing great. You didn't grow during the Shemitah year. He was like, what do you mean? And I, I explained to him, there's more uh, to Sabbath keeping than refraining from work on Saturday. He had no idea. Besides, how do you keep, how do you keep, did you, did you take a, a goat, two goats to the high priest in Jerusalem this year? By lottery, he got the scapegoat. And, did you do that? You didn't keep the law. And forget even that. You, you can't even keep the Ten Commandments. I can't. I love, I love, I love when Jesus says, you know, he talks about, to, what is the problem with men? Well, lust and anger, if you want to be honest. Have you ever lusted? Of course, no, no one here ever has. I know that. I know that, but people watch us online and stuff, and some of them, I'm sure. So, uh, have, you, have you been angry? No, huh, not me, not ever. And so he takes, he, I, I don't care if you have killed somebody, you wish them dead. Don't, if you're a guy, don't tell me that you haven't. I, and as far as lust, let's, let's just forget that one. Let's, let's forget I just bring, he even brought it up, okay? We're all sinners. And I think that we have to understand that, but it doesn't have dominion over us. Uh, we're, we're under grace. We're not under the law. We're not under the law. We're not under the law. Hey, you know the law? We're not under that. I keep saying that because somebody's going to ask me, is it wrong to... Well, you're not going to... See, again, is it wrong to lie? Yeah. Are you going to heaven if you tell uh, truth all the time? No. You should tell truth all the time. But even if you don't, doesn't mean you're going to hell. We're not under the law. It's a wonderful law. The Bible says the law is good if a man uses it lawfully. How do we use it unlawfully? Well, you try to get saved by it. It wasn't designed for that. As they say, that dog won't hunt. You don't try to earn salvation by keeping the law. You're not under the law. <coughs> I know um, all the guys who are happily married here, the reason that they're not committing adultery is because the law says don't commit adultery. Or maybe because they love their wives and they want to be true to God, and they want to be true to their wife, and they want to set a godly example, and they don't want to mess up their, what they got going on, 
Maybe they're following the Spirit of God. Maybe it's got nothing to do with the law whatsoever. It never kept me on the straight and narrow. You know why I don't uh, steal anything? Because the law says don't steal. When you follow the Holy Spirit of God and you say, Lord, what would you have? He ne never leads you into stealing. It's not a law thing. Our relationship, isn't a, our relationship with God isn't a law thing. The law is fine. There's nothing wrong with it. It just won't save you. It won't have you realize your relationship with God if you keep the law that you can't keep anyway. Okay, know ye not that to whom you yield yourselves, servants will obey, his servants you are, to whom you obey, whether of sin resulting in death or of obedience resulting in righteousness. I say it's, the word is unto and I say resulting in because that's what it means. So if I yield my servants, uh, yield my uh, members, servants to righteousness, that ends in, I mean, in obedience, that ends in righteousness. So if I yield them to sin, that results in death. Hey, you know why I want to, reason I don't want to sin? It still has a death principle worked into it. I'm not saying if I commit adultery, I'll go to hell. I, I will say if I commit adultery, my marriage is over. There's, there's death. Is there hell? Well, there's hell on earth for me right now. Do I get to still be Calvary Chapel pastor? No. No. It's not, it's not what I want. It's not what God wants for me. It's not a benefit. It's not going to be, well, you can commit all the adultery you want. Yeah, it's fine. You'll still go to heaven. I, I, I don't want to not be married anymore. I don't want to not be your pastor anymore. I don't, it's, you see what I'm saying? The, it, it, just because there's a rule in, in, in engraved in stone somewhere, that has no bearing. Again, Lord, fill me with your spirit. Lead me in God. He never leads me into adultery. He wouldn't do that. He leads me into a happy marriage. He wants that for my life. You see what I'm saying? It's got nothing to do with keeping the law. We're not under the law. But I'm gonna, we're going to yield ourselves and who we serve, that's, that's how it's going to be. But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Amen. Being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. Free from sin. Ain't going to reign no more. Ain't going to reign in my life. Ain't going to have rule over me. It did once. Those are hard. Those are horrible days. I don't want to go back to that. I'm free from sin. You became the servants of righteousness. I want to serve sin. I want to serve money even. Is money sin? Well, the love of money is the roots of all kinds of evil. I want to serve money. It, it's a wonderful servant. It's a horrible master. I want to serve Jesus Christ. It's, it's only, life is finding the right master. That's that's the whole thing. Jesus is awesome to serve. Sin? No. Been there, done that? No. I speak after the manner of men because of your infirmity of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your members, servants to uncleanness, and he's presupposing we have because we have. And to iniquity, un, unto iniquity, even so now yield your members, servants to righteousness, resulting in holiness. Yay. It's not hard, is it? It's not hard to understand, is it? And if we take time, every time there's 
temptation, if we understand where it's coming from, what's happening, and we go through this, you'll come out right just every time. The problem is, is we have kind of a knee-jerk reaction to temptation. You know, that the old lead us not in temptation, we can find it on our own. There's some truth to that, all right? You know, truth be told. Um, sometimes we're looking for it. We're not careful to avoid it. There's a prayer, lead us not in temptation. It's there for a reason. Lord, I don't, I don't want to. I, I might mess up. I don't want to. I don't want to. And how long do you dwell in misery and oh, I messed up and now I'm all condemned? And how long do you wallow there? God's more willing to forgive than we are to be forgiven. But I always have this, oh, I should have known better. And it takes a while to kind of reestablish. And I go through the same things you go through. You were the servants of sin. You were free from righteousness. I love that. You were free from righteousness. What kind of statement is that? I talk about a certain governor, and I don't want to mention any names, and I always say about this governor, she's uh, certainly uh, uh, uncontaminated by intellect or uh, uh, uninhibited by, let's say something like that and stuff, because I have an idea that intellect isn't a thing. You know, talking points are a thing. Uh, I probably shouldn't say that, okay? And I probably shouldn't say it into a microphone where it's all recorded. Uh, totally free from uh, inte in intelligence or intellect or anything. Unencumbered by intellect. That's how I put it. Free from having to think. Wonderful. We were free from righteousness. We were sinners. All we did was sin. It was the whole thing. That was our whole agenda. That was, uh, it was a miserable existence. We were totally free from righteousness. We didn't even do anything even approaching righteousness. What fruit had ye then in those things where you are now ashamed? It always brings shame. It always brings shame. As a Christian, oh my goodness, I know better. Why am I doing like that? I know better. I know where this is going to lead. Why am I acting like that? I hear Christians say, you know, before I got saved, it was easier. You know, back in the day when I used Are you... Do you have rocks in your head? You, is something wrong with your thinker? Do you not think? It was horrible. It was a horrible way to live. It was, it, was, it was totally horrible. Total condemnation all the time. And every once in a while you did something you thought was bordering on righteous, then you were full of yourself and you were all smug in your self-righteousness. Or is it just me? And I'm always thinking, oh, there's a God up there and he's looking at me and he's thinking, and I'm in a heap of trouble with him. What a wonderful existence that was. No, you're wrong. It wasn't. You're ashamed of those things. You know, I talk about like this, and I talk about, you know, back in the day, I was a sinner. I was a wicked young man. People say, well, yeah, I wonder what he was all involved in. It's shameful, I tell you, but it's a shame. Why would I brag about things that I was all shame-faced about? I was, a, I was just like you, a wicked sinner full of themselves, a selfish jerk, an idiot. That's, that's it. Do you want to know the particulars? It's not, uh, all I want to tell you is God saved me from my wicked self. Again, all I was looking for, all I was looking for was fire insurance. I didn't want to go to hell. Jesus saved me. Everything changed. Everything changed. Praise his holy name. Everything, not perfectly, not perfect yet, not all at once. But he, he took me out of the kingdom of darkness and he adopted me into his 
forever family? I didn't know. I didn't know any of that was part of the deal. I didn't. I got to tell you, I'm going to start. I got to wind up now. What fruit did you have in those things? I didn't have any fruit. It was all rotten. It was all nasty. It was all... You want to go back to that? But now being made free from sin. Ah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus, praise your holy name. Being made free from sin. I don't have to sin anymore. I don't have to. It ain't going to rain in me. Satan doesn't have a hook to hook me on. He's trying to appeal to a, the dog that doesn't exist anymore. And Jesus Christ, his grace gives me the ability to overcome. Good thing. January 1st, good, good time to think of these things. We're free from sin. We've become servants to God. You have your fruit that results in unto holiness and the end everlasting life. Now we've come full circle. Hey, what shall we say? Should we sin so grace may abound? Oh, no. <laughs> no, that's silly. How about this? I'm free from sin. I'm servant of God. The fruit of my life is holiness. And that is, in the end of it all, Bum, ba, da, da, everlasting life. What's the downside of any of this? I, love, I like God's agenda better than mine. Can I say that? His ways are better than my ways. For the wages of sin is death. Now, this is kind of one of these standalone verses. We kind of preach it this way. I've got I to I gotta say this. this is, the wages of sin is death. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. As February 11th, 12th, or somewhere in there, 1980, I'm in Iwakuni, Japan. I'm a Marine. And a friend of mine is sharing the gospel with me. Uh, something called Romans Road. It's like, you know, Romans 3, uh, 10. You know, there's none righteous, no, not one. Romans 10, 9 and 10. Uh, you got Romans 5, 8 in there. God demonstrates his love to us. And that while we had sinners, Christ died for us. He gave me all this stuff. And somewhere in there was Romans 6, 23. This... <sighs> This is the game changer for me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm being ridiculous now. This was the whole thing for me. And the wages of sin is death. I'm like, yeah. He had an NIV or something. Maybe it says the, the payment for sin is death or something. He explained to me. And I was like, yeah, it's very probably true. Yeah. I can see that. Wages of sin is death. Yeah. You know you're a sinner. Oh, yeah, tell me something I don't know. Yeah, Adam, but the gift of God. Wait, what? What? The gift? Gift of God. You mean I, 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 I don't have to earn? I can't earn? And he explained to me, so Adam, it's a, salvation's a free gift. That gerbil wheel that you're running around trying to do religious things and you never quite know how many you should do. How many rosaries you're supposed to say? How many times you're supposed to go to Mass? How many? Forget it. Flush it. Gift of God. Eternal life. Well, says I, young Marine, gift. Why wouldn't I? Why wouldn't I say... I, I want, I want. Sign me up. What do I got to do? Do I got to pray? I got to fill out a postcard? What do I got to do? What do I got to do? How does this work? 
And he told me, it's a simple prayer, ask Christ to come into your life. Well, it wasn't that day. I, I gotta admit, it was the first time I ever heard the gospel. I was, 21 years, I was 20 years old, living in America, and never heard the gospel. You say, shame on you. No, shame on everyone who not shared it with me. That's how I feel about it. But the first time I heard the gospel, I said, this is, this is ridiculous. This is wonderful. This is, why wouldn't I do that? And in a couple of days, I was thinking about it. I kind of knew I was going to. And it was February 14th. It was Valentine's Day, 1980. Jesus became my valentine based on this verse. Praise his holy name. Yeah, uh, eternal life, it's a gift. I'm sorry for making you all uncomfortable. It's making me uncomfortable too. Uh, uh, it, it, it's a free gift. You don't have to do anything to earn it. You can't earn it. Have you given up on trying to earn it? I hope you have. Have you given up on trying to keep it, trying to maintain it? God will... And we're going to get there, too. We're gonna, we'll, we'll, we'll cover that. Romans 8 is coming up. Okay. So there you have it. Now, uh, now what? We're not servants to sin anymore. We're servants to God. Let's just figure it out. And then act accordingly. Sin? No, sin ain't got any rain in our lives. It's ridiculous. Right? Ain't going to rain no more. Sir. So we have to know going into 2023. That's, I think, what God would have us know. If you're not there yet, you're not born again yet, you haven't asked Christ to come into your life, oh, we'll be here. You know, you come, you can pray with us. We'll, we'll tell you what you need to know. We'll lead you in a prayer, whatever it is. And uh, you can get on that same eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let's uh, stand now. Worship team will come and send us out of here in song. I was telling myself, I ain't going to cry this time. I was, just, I was, I was like, hang on, that just gets in the way and stuff like this. I, I, I'm still a little softy. I never, I never lost the <sighs> magic. It's the wrong word. I never lost the uh, incredibleness of it all. I was going to hell. He saved me. Going to heaven. I'm his own dear son. Thank you, Jesus. I don't know what else to say. Uh, Lord, as I, you know, visit back these many years now, I've never lost the wonder of who you are, and I hope none of us do. Lord, I hope we're all committed to you this year, 100%, uh, pedal to the metal. We just want to, we're all in. We want to serve you just like crazy people, all about you all the time. Sin? No, we ain't got time for that, Lord. Besides, that guy doesn't exist anymore anyway. Praise your holy name. Lord, I just uh, pray that, you know, there's ones online, there's maybe ones here, may have come to this place yet of trust in you. They're still trying to work out their own salvation by being good. Father, deliver us from that. In Jesus' name, amen.